everybody, this is Pete, the Little Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM in the great state of Seattle. we got a great show for you this weekend, whether you're listening on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, out there in the morning, you guys hear me screaming on the mic to get your, uh, get your attention. Uh, we've been doing this quite a few years. We've got Sean Hazel. He is the owner and founder of Homebridge Inspections. I think it's been probably about seven or eight years since we had a home inspector on. And uh, we're going to talk to him today. Guys, I want to kind of plant a seed in your brain first a little bit before we start with Sean. He's the expert in home inspection. I'm not, so I'll ask him a bunch of questions. But, you know, inspections in the Puget Sound area, in my opinion, guys, uh, is as much about not just at the time of selling your home as it is in preventative maintenance. And I cannot tell you the reason why I say this. We're going to talk to Sean about preventative maintenance inspections. He does them. And I think it's actually a really smart business idea that he's doing that. I had a large construction company up there in Seattle. I've talked about that over the years. And I cannot tell you how many times I had to jack up a whole side of a house to repair moisture rot problems that could have been caught by a home inspector. And it would have saved the homeowner thousands of dollars in repair. So this is something we're going to talk about. Um, It's really probably if you haven't had an inspection, we'll ask Sean what he thinks, but I think, if you haven't had an inspection in three to four years, you probably should give these guys a call to have them come out and take a look at it's not just moisture rot, it's a whole bunch of things in your home just to kind of give it a you know pass the test, a, a pass colors and make sure it's okay. So with that, I want to uh, introduce Sean on the show. How you doing, Sean? Great. Thanks again, Pete, for having me on your show. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad you're here. And uh, I want to just to start because you, you just you know, you're first on the show here, and, and people are going to get to know you. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and why the heck you decided to become a home inspector? Absolutely. In fact, having purchased a few homes myself, every single time, I, I always go back to the first home that I purchased with my wife. And, you know, we were young and excited and stressed out and scared. You know, you're buying. It's a significant investment purchasing a home, as you know. And you don't know what's coming, what the future is. You've rented apartments here for years. Here's a whole new adventure. After moving into that home, after a couple of years, we learned the the hard tale about a Flippers Express right there. And we started finding all the problems that they mask with beige paint. And they oh, so you, you bought a flipped home then, huh? Yeah, and it was an old uh, 1920s home, and yep. it was in the town I was raised in, in Tacoma. Again, just very excited about the fact that we were buying our first home, right? but didn't know too much about what was coming. So I always remember that now is about the things that you learn after you purchased a home and you start having to deal with the maintenance and the repairs, and especially on an older home. And then a few years later, well, many years later, having purchased my my fourth house now. Well, my third house, what I had done is I was talking to my realtor who has known me for many years. Prior to that, I had been a truck driver for 15 years. Okay. And he knew how miserable I was in that job. And while truck driving itself is a great job, it's the 2.30 wake up in the morning, get home at 7 at night. Uh, my dad has a background in, in construction and my realtor, while we were at that third inspection, he had said to me, hey, Sean, now he's known me a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Tilly's a great guy. And he said, hey, have you ever thought about being a home inspector? And I said, uh, no, why? <laughs> and he knew he knew how detailed I am. Uh, okay. While at every inspection now since the first home, it was every question from my inspector saying, hey, what's this? What's 
It's that. Uh, what, what about this section? You know, what do I need to worry about future, et cetera, et cetera. Now, my inspector that I've used every time prior to me becoming a home inspector, Matt Sorensen, he he took me aside after that inspection. And we had that conversation uh, because of my realtor who said, hey, talk to Matt about this. I think it'd be a great career for you. And we had about a 15 minute conversation about what is involved in being a home inspector. And I was immediately sold. Uh, a week or two later, I think it was about two weeks later, I was already in school and getting licensed up. Wow. I had so, a passion immediately just because of my experiences in purchasing homes. Yeah. I want other people to not have, face those same surprises that I encountered on my first yeah. home. So what did uh, that first home, uh, that must have been somewhat of an expensive lesson. What was the cost range on that one for you? Well, we lived at that home for eight years and in the first two years up to about 15000 Yeah. So uh, it was, you know, and, and especially when you're a first time home buyer and you don't have a lot of money, it, it's, it's, that, it's a that hit. hurts. Yeah. That's yep. a big hit. Well, that's a big hit for anybody. Um, and you know, that's part of the reason why we do home matters. We call it, uh, we call it hot home matters university here. We want to educate people so that we can save them a lot of money. And I tell you what, I'd rather spend a few hundred bucks with you than a few thousand dollars with a contractor having to fix something that could have been spotted a long time ago. So I agree with you a hundred percent on that. All right. Well, that's cool. And then now I do know, cause I saw on your website um, and guys make sure grab a pen and paper. I'm going to give you, you're actually going to get uh, Sean's direct cell number. Uh, when we're done talking about this show, I would highly advise just give him a call on his cell. He's the guy on the radio here. You can talk to him. You'll, you'll recognize his voice. Um, but I saw on your website, Sean, that you're a veteran. Yes, sir. So what branch are you from? I was in the air force. I went in in 94 and got out in 98. Nice. Well, you know what? It's an honor to have you on the show as a veteran. We uh, we support the veterans, police officers, firemen. It's great that you're doing that. I see that you're a veterans-owned business, and, uh, you know, that means a lot to people. So thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, I bet, though, because I just uh, – we had another uh, sponsor on the show. He It's also a veteran-owned company, and they hire a lot of veterans, uh, and they support a lot of veteran uh, – foundations and things like that but on that show he was talking to me about you know when you're in a military branch you're taught a lot about leadership attention to detail did you get your attention to detail from your your military training very much so uh, if you recall when we're all you know young and getting into the world and then you have this uh, for lack of better words, a, a punch to the gut <laughs> when yeah. you have a military putting you in line and uh, really having you focus on those kind of details because it's so important. I, I really do believe a lot of that comes from that foundation yeah. of understanding these are critical things that you need to pay attention to. That's, you know, that's great to hear. And I'll tell you what, when I uh, I had over 60 employees in my uh, contracting company, and a lot of times I would look for military vets because the, the discipline, the procedure, the attention to the detail, that training uh, is something that's very valuable. So I'm glad you have that, and I'm sure it does benefit you quite a bit in your job. So, Joe, with that said, uh, I just want to ask just as a general question, in your opinion, you know, what makes the difference between a great home inspector and a terrible home inspector? You know, you've got the new guys out there uh, that are uh, the low budget. They don't know what they're doing and, and understanding that they've been trained, but they're still new to the field. And then you've got the uh, experienced 20-year guys who are just now into volume and, and they've, lo- they've got a lot of bad habits. 
the important thing about this field is always staying on top and staying educated right. and understanding. As you know, these, you know, the, the, the standards change, practices change, installation practices, mm-hmm. everything, the, the way construction changes. You look at a 1920s house to a 2020 house and they're night and day in practices. Right. Right. But even today's standards, there's you, you still have errors from contractors because we're human. People right. make mistakes. Uh, there's quality building. There's poor quality building. There's so much to pay attention to and you have to stay on top of it. And, you know, unfortunately, there th- this field, there's a lot of individuals who just don't pay attention to those details. Uh, we're looking to uh, for volume, and 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 that's not the way to approach this. I, I take pride in looking at this business. Is I want to help every one of my clients in understanding what they're investing in. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Now, with that said, so how do you because the building codes, National Electrical Code, the building codes, how do you stay on top of that uh, and recognize the changes both in code and jurisdiction? Well, code inspectors are a different thing, but home inspection, we it is important to stay on top of that because they constantly change. Right. So we now as a home inspector, I'm every two years, I have to go through really strict education qualifications to renew my license and my insurance and a lot of different things. And staying on top of that is key. I take a side, a side project of staying on top of codes as well. Uh, now it's not, while now not required, it is something I take pride in because I do want everybody to be as informed as possible in the property that I'm inspecting and they're potentially investing in or are currently living in. Right. No, it makes a lot of sense. And just to go back, so you guys understand, every state's a little different. But in Washington State, Sean, you have to have a license. And tell us a little bit about how what it takes to get that license uh, for Washington State. Certainly. And in fact, many states, over half of the states, don't even require a license to be a home inspector. Washington State along with Texas, are the two of the most strictest states as far as license requirements and continuing education. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I don't meet those requirements every two years, I don't have a license. Uh, My insurance in Washington State also requires that I, you know, continually inform them of the the education that we're providing as a company. Uh, Now, those things change in the, in the state of Washington. We have a, there's a standard operations of practice for the home inspection field, but the state of Washington, again, is very strict in making sure that you adhere to those uh, standards. So again, getting your license is the, the standard school. You go to school for a couple months, you have to get your trained hours. Now I've been licensed now four and a half years. Okay. Did you get your, uh, cause I saw it's 40 hours of field training. Did you get that with Matt? Is that what you did? No. And in fact, I got my training through the school. Okay. But a lot of inspectors out there, especially in Washington State right now, are reaching out. There's so many people rushing out to get their license because we have an exciting market in the state. Right. So there are a lot of inspectors that, you know, have finished school and they're reaching out to inspectors like myself, you know, asking to get that 40 hours. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. Um, we come back. We're going to uh, continue our discussion with Sean Hazel. You can give him a call if you are. Uh, we're going to talk about this preventative maintenance, but if you're also thinking about selling your home, now's the time to get a good quality home inspector. You can call him directly at 253 250 We'll be talking about home inspection reports and all kinds of 
home inspection health checks here in the next few segments with Sean. With that, I'm Pete. This is Home Matters Car Radio 97.3 FM, Seattle's News and Seattle's Talk. All right, we're back. This is Pete with Home Matters Car Radio 97.3 FM. Seattle News and Seattle's Talk. We're having a good discussion here with Sean Hazel, veteran-owned a business, HomeBridge Inspections. Sean, I forgot to ask you in the first segment. I do want to make sure people know if they're going to call you. I know you're out of Tacoma, but uh, you had you said you got uh, an, uh, you and another employee that work in your company. Is that correct? Absolutely. Got a guy working under me right now. That's great. Well, and I know you want to grow. I talked to you off air and that's awesome. You want to do that. Um, but I do want to know, where do you, what are your areas of coverage? How far do you drive? I think that's one of the things that has uh, made Humber's inspections grow is the fact that I'm going all the way up from Everett down to Lewis County in Chehalis. Holy smokes. So yeah, you uh, go a long ways. <laughs> I've, I've been just about every time. county yeah. of this, you know, west of the mountains. Okay. So you're, you're all the way up. You're Snohomish, King, Pierce. You got, do you go Kitsap out over on the I do. Kitsap I'm in Kitsap. In Perfect. fact, Kitsap County is where I started the business out in Port Orchard. Yeah. There's a lot of nice people out in Kitsap. So we don't want to forget about them. Um, a lot of good people out there. Okay. Um, so that's good to know. Now, um, I want to ask you, because there's a couple things, and everybody knows we've been doing this show for many, many years, and I always want to make sure people get the truth. So one of the things I noticed on your website, you, Sean, you had said you guarantee your inspection. So could you speak to us, what does guarantee mean to you? Well, what that essentially means is that I'm going to provide this inspection for you in, in thorough, great detail. If for any reason you're not satisfied with the process, the report, anything, you call me and you're getting refunded your fee. Now, it hasn't happened yet. I've been in 1,700 homes in the Puget Sound, and nobody has uh, requested a refund. That's essentially stating you know right out the gate that you're getting qual- a quality inspector at your home. And that's what's key. Somebody who knows what he's doing is going to be thorough, is going to go through that house top to bottom, explain what you're particularly looking for. And then when that report is delivered, you've got it all written down in great detail and very comprehensive. So you have an understanding of that property. So what, okay. So another question just popped in my head. So I love that answer. Are you, do you want the homeowners there when you're doing the inspection or would you like to not have them there while you're doing the inspection? I prefer them there. Now I understand in this, you know, crazy environment we're in and everybody's busy. If you can't make it, I understand you have your representative as the agent, but I do recommend always that you uh, attend the inspection. Now there is a different type of inspection due to this last year, what we just encountered with this crazy market and a lot of people moving here, we're doing pre-offer consultations. Now, that's a little bit different. That's where a it's just a verbal consultation prior to them making their offer on the property. They're required at that point to be there. Uh, but uh, the standard home inspection, I of course, I want you there. It's so important and a key, but I understand if you can't make it, verbal consultations where there's no report delivered, you absolutely have, uh, the client absolutely has to be there. So in the verbal consultation, just so we're clear on that, what do you do in that versus a full inspection with a report? So on verbal consultations, again, this is because of the the high demand and where properties have had 
you know, 10, 15 different offers coming on right. one property. We're showing up there uh, and we're looking at the house. Now we're focused mainly on the core items of the home. We're not looking for loose door handles and right. squeaky, you know, windows, this kind of thing. What we're looking for is here, the foundation, the plumbing, heating, you know, life expectancy. All the major expenses. That's right. And we, it, they generally take about half the time to go through that, but it gives the, uh, the opportunity to the client to follow me around like a hawk and take okay. notes. Okay. And then generally, again, we have a brief summary. And then after the inspection, they're prepared at that point to make their offer. And that's the difference is, okay. and they understand there's no report being delivered, but it's just kind of giving them a general idea of the condition of the property before they make that, that offer. So it's kind of a flip really, because in a traditional home inspection, my understanding, right, that you'd be interacting with the seller. This one's with the buyer. That's correct. Okay. So the buyer, you're giving them a sense of comfort through this, this verbal or, uh, what, you, what did you call it again? Make sure I get it. It's this. a pre-offer consultation. Pre-offer consultation. Got it. That's okay. Right. That's very cool. And uh, may, I'll get you Sean's phone number again. If you're looking, I guess that's great because if you're looking to buy a home, it'd be nice to have Sean on your side as well, just to take a look at things, make sure everything's okay. Um, okay. So Sean, um, the other thing that popped, that caught my attention anyway on your website, because I have worked with many uh, home inspectors throughout the years and you say on there that you deliver your homeowner report the same day. Is that is that true? And how do you do that? Well, uh, in this age of technology, I've got some great software that allows me to write the report as I go. Okay. Now, there's a lot of preparation involved. And when somebody books an inspection with us through our website, I get a moment to look at the property. I can look it up on lines, you know, through through you know many different websites. I get an idea of the condition right out the gate, uh, the age of the property, the type of property is a duplex, a single, so many different so many different variations. Um, when I look at that property, I get to key input the basic information, uh, the the materials of the building, you know, just to kind of get things rolling. When I arrive at the property, generally I'm at the property 15 to 20 minutes early. There's no exception. Again, out of the 1,700 homes that I've been in, I've never been there more than 15 minutes early. When I arrive, I get things rolling. I, that's my opportunity to get a general picture of that property before I move forward and do my job. Uh, the as I'm cruising along through the 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 property, uh, do, doing the inspection. At the end of the inspection, I generally give them a brief summary, just kind of give them an idea of the condition and state of the property. Uh, within an hour or two, because of my software, that report is delivered uh, same day. Wow. And everybody who works with me knows that uh, they they know going into it that they're going to be able to make their offer shortly because they're going to understand the condition of the property as well. Got it. So you're you're actually doing prep work. You and your employees are doing prep work prior to going onto the property. Then you're doing a pre walk, kind of early, and then you you must have some kind of a tablet that you take around. And you're doing all the pictures and the data recording into the form sets on your tablet then. So it's- 100%. My software is key, and keeping that tuned up and updated is what this really is all about. I can go through the property and take pictures. Everything is instantly uploaded yeah. into a database and delivered. Like I said, you know, there's there's some fine-tuning at the end of the inspection. That's why it takes about generally an hour or two uh, where I, I, I apply some annotations, arrows. You know, I want to give them such a detailed report that there's no – 
you know, misunderstanding. They know the, the yeah. condition of the property, wow. but they do get it pretty quickly. How, okay. So I have to ask you this question because if you're doing pre-prep, then a walkthrough, then the, the inspection, then the report, I mean, on average, how much time do you spend per inspection on a house? The average home, and it's important to understand that 2,000 square feet and below is the average home. Right. Uh, that generally takes about two, two and a half hours. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you get through it, uh, I guess, with technology and your experience, you can get through it relatively quickly, then that's great. That's awesome. Okay. So let's talk uh, just in general before we end the segment. What? So in a, a report, for a full report, not just a, a – a buyer side report, but a seller side report, what, what, what general information do you cover? And then would you please address, cause this, you know, when I first started looking at these reports when I was a younger man, they had these things like safety concerns, defects and general repair. And could you speak to that and the differences between those? Well, what I do for sellers, particularly what you're saying, sellers inspections, people that are pre-listing, they they want an inspection before they list their property on the market. I approach those inspections exactly the same way that I would as a buyer's inspector, because it it also informs the seller, hey, this is what another inspector is going to find, or this this may be their approach. I give them the, the, the inspections are exactly the same, the same type of process. But it also gives the seller the opportunity to make any necessary repairs prior to listing their 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 house onto the market. Sometimes there's some significant concerns that, hey, you may not want to list this unless you get this repaired because you're going to have to disclose that. Right. But it's such a bizarre market right now. And I use that term uh, with some strength there because it really is a strange uh, market right now. Uh, but safety is key. And I always go right after safety, any major component failures. The report's going to have a lot of definitions throughout that report. Yeah, we go back. We're going to continue our discussion. We're going to dive now into with Sean about the areas of the home, the systems. But we are going to talk about some things like asbestos, building code violations, radon, mold, all that kind of stuff that kind of freaks you out. But let's get educated on it so you're not scared during the report. Uh, I'll give you his phone number once again, too, when we come back uh, on air. With that, I'm Pete. This is All Matters Car Radio 97.3 FM, Seattle's News and Seattle's Talk. All right, we're back. This is Pete with All Matters Car Radio 97.3 FM in the great state. Of Seattle. We're having a good discussion here with Sean Hazel. He is the founder, uh, CEO, president, and one of the inspectors for the time being until he grows. I know he will grow. Uh, we have several guys working with him because it sounds like he's got some very good systems in place. And, uh, you know, it's one thing, I, you and I talked about that a little bit, Sean. Uh, it's one thing to be very good as a technician, but to be a business owner is totally something else you know, again, different, but it sounds like you're putting together some good processes and procedures where you can train your guys to say, look, uh, this is the way I want you to do it. And here's the systems that I want you to follow to get that same quality every time. Yes, sir. It's, it's, it's so important. Um, there's a gentleman that I just brought on, brought on board. His name is Brian. And it, it was because my processes worked, my system, 
you have to be so careful. And and this is yeah. one of the things to your point where I'm learning about being a business owner uh, is that you want what has worked for me. I want to make sure that that same model applies to the field, to whomever I bring aboard homeowners inspections. Yeah. Well, you know, and it brings me back. Uh, I talk about my father every once in a while on the show. It's part of the reason why I do this show. He passed away back in 2002, but growing up building houses with him, my dad, Sean used to always say to me, he goes, because he called me Piot, he's a full-blooded Ukrainian. He goes, Piot, there's two ways to build. There's the wrong way, and there's my way. You do it my <laughs> way. <laughs> and I learned to do it the right way, all the different trades. And so um, you have the same, I know, different, but same kind of attitude. It's your way. This is your company. You represent the quality, and you want you know each of your employees to follow that quality system. So I think that's very good. It's good to have that as a foundation. Right. Yeah. Anybody I bring on board, they're going to just have to understand that there's, you know, there's different ways to apply the home inspection principles. And when you're looking at a property, but what has worked for me clearly works and you're going to do it my way, or we're going to have a, perhaps an uncomfortable conversation. have a conversation here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. That's a good way to run a company. So nothing wrong with that. That's the way I used to run mine too as well. I do to this day. I'm over in high tech now, but it's the it's same kind of thing. All right. Um, so before we dive into the things that you inspect, just as kind of a general question, because people, look, everybody knows there's hundreds of home inspectors out there. And they could pick from any one of them. So... You know, just in all fairness and honesty for our listener base, what makes you different from other home inspectors and why should they choose you? Well, that's a great question. And because there are so many home inspectors in our, especially in our region, and unfortunately in the 2008, 2006, 2008 crash, a lot of people left the field. Uh, there's there there are great inspectors, and then in my experience, poor inspectors. There really doesn't seem to be an in between, and there are some terrific ones. Where we stand apart is that every client knows going into. I reach out to everyone that has brought me aboard to understand that I've got their best interests at heart. I understand as a home buyer what I've been through, what I've experienced over the years, fifteen years of buying homes. There's so much involved in, in, in home ownership. Right. And I look at every single one of my clients as myself. They've got a family to raise. They could be on their own. There's different things, but it never, it, it always comes back to the fact that, that that property has got maintenance. It's got challenges and you need to know what's coming forward in the future. You could be an investor. Hey, I just want to flip this place and get it sold again. Tell me all the problems with it. You could be, hey, I've got a family of four and I want to have my first home be able to provide for my family moving forward for the next 20 years. It's so important to me that you know every aspect of that home and the challenges involved in home ownership and, and also knowing what, what could happen with every component, you know, yeah. being plumbing, heating, electrical. There's so many different things you have to be aware. And I think that's why people keep coming back to me is they know that they're going to get the right answer or they're at least going to get a good understanding of what is involved in a property. Yeah. And when you say right answer, I'm assuming you mean truthful answer. Hundred percent bad news. <laughs> right? Yeah, and and I have no, I've yeah. never had a problem. There have been so again. I keep bringing up seventeen hundred houses I've been in. You consider yeah. that in the Puget Sound region. There have been so many situations where I look at a client, 
And, and I start getting a feel, hey, this might not be the property for this individual. Now, uh, to your point earlier, you know, homeowner, they've finally moved in. They've been there five years. There's two aspects of a home that never get checked out. There are attics and there are crawl spaces. Nobody goes right. into those areas. Things For happen. good reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. I want everybody to know that, hey, th- th- there's a lot going on. Even though we're busy in our daily lives, we're going yeah. to work, we're coming home. There's so many unseens going on. That's why it's important to have this inspection, not only when you're purchasing, but periodically. You know, yeah, no, I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up. You know, preventative maintenance, I'll tell you, and I'm glad you, I was hoping you would bring that up because in my mind, uh, having a home inspector there for preventative maintenance. Cause you know, if you think about it, Sean, your home is your, for most people is your largest investment you'll ever make in your whole lifetime. Agreed. And it can also be a very expensive investment if you let things go and don't get things repaired when they should be repaired. So I'm glad that you guys, you do the preventative maintenance checks. Um, and I think that's something, but I guess while we're on that topic, we'll get to a little bit more, but, like, because wh- I have my own number in my head, but like, if someone's been in their home, like, how how many years should go by before they should maybe say, "Hey, I got to call Homebridge and have them come out and check my house out again"? What What's your thoughts on that? You know, there really is a case by case scenario. However, one thing that does stand out is for new construction. Okay. I do a lot of new construction inspections and. You know, every every builder generally has a one year warranty. However, the, the 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 biggest thing right now is that that eleven month they call me because of course okay, so they that's wanna, the trigger before they have the final warranty run out, right? That's right. They want to know what's going on before that that warranty expires. Um, even new construction, there can be you know some issues. Now, older homes, of course, I do recommend at least after we've had that inspection, you've moved in. Uh, and, and you're, you're, you're sit down, you're, everybody's comfortable after two years, it is recommended. Bring me back in, uh, bring my okay. team back in. We'll take a look at the property, see if anything's have changed. I, I always go back to the attic and crawl space. Cause again, I always inform my clients. It's so important. Even if you're comfortable doing it, pop your head up there, yeah. go down there. Yeah, it no, is you, should. you should be familiar with it. But if you're not, I mean, I, I will be upfront and honest. I cannot stand spiders. They, they drive me crazy. I'm a product of my father's poor sense of humor. And so, uh, but I will go down there and check out that crawl space for you and make sure that everything is still up to par from the day that we inspected it. No, I, I agree with you totally. We used to, I used to go down into crawl spaces too, even at the owner of my company. And you know, the fun, I think about 12 years ago, this is before uh, Scott was working with me. Uh, I was telling a story about uh, I was down in the crawl space, sticking my head up between the the joists, and I stuck my head right into Carpenter's ant's nest. And I had like a hundred thousand of these things crawling all over me. But I dropped down to, in the crawl space, put my mind. hand on a dead rat, <laughs> dead rodents. You, David, uh, there's stuff. But that's why you should go down there. Also, um, since we're speaking about crawl spaces. What, what do you typically find down there when you go look and why you should go look? Because there's some telltale signs where there could be some real problems that need to be taken care of. You know, generally our crawl spaces, there's so much going on down there as far as plumbing, your foundation, yeah. your structure, insulation, many different aspects of it. Generally, I do find, and it's just the nature of our environment, there is uh, rodent activity, uh, especially on older homes. 
you know, the, pro- the, the properties aren't properly sealed like new construction. And again, we don't know what's going on down there, but there, there are a couple different things. There's always moisture concerns. Uh, there's always, well, forgive me for saying always, but often. A lot of standing are, water. Well, it's Washington. I mean, you're going to get right. rain, rain, and more rain. So it's, and that, that's the way and, it goes. And, and the, the moisture intrusion doesn't necessarily yeah. mean flooding, though. No. And there's a big difference between that. So moisture intrusion, it occurs. But when you have flooding, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. But you, you see a lot of standing water down there. And when you have a lot of standing water over time, Sean, in your experience, what kind of issues does that cause to structural in a house? Well, there are ways to manage it. You know, so again, standing water isn't necessarily a problem. You see a lot of homes with some pumps installed. Right. Completely sealing your crawl space on an older home can be a significant cost. So there's ways of managing it. However, if you do have standing and flooding concerns, a lot of different things can go on. You can have, you know, uh, uh, wood destroying organisms beginning, mold, rot, wood decay, a lot of different things to your structural components. It's so important to keep your eyes down there. Yeah. And, and again, if you're not comfortable going under a crawl space, most people don't want to go underneath their home. That's where, where we stand above the rest. We're like, hey, we'll come back out. We'll check it out for you. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you do it. And one, one point, guys, I just want to bring out, because we saw this all the time. You got to remember there's there's moisture rot, which is rot from excessive water exposure. But there's also fungal rot. And this is what Sean was talking about. When you have a lot of fungus growing, if you guys have ever seen like maybe a piece of a uh, log or something like that where it just falls apart in your hands, but it's all dry, that's a fungal rot. That's not necessarily always a moisture. Absolutely. So that's what Sean's talking about. And you can get fungal rot just as much as you can get moisture rot in the crawl space. And and he can give you, if you do have those kinds of things, he can give you recommendations for some pumps and things like that uh, going forward. I, um, I want to ask you real quick, um, one last thing in the attic, because um, ventilation always seems to be an issue. Could you speak to that? <clears throat> well, the nature of our environment mold the word mold freaks or scares people out they, they, they often and i tried to dial down the fear and saying you know what these spores are all around us mold occurs uh it, it's just the nature of our environment however ventilation is so key and when i get into an attic that's one of the first things we're looking for is mold accumulation beginning and if it is how to address it and treat it. Getting the proper contractor in there to address those uh, situations is key. And you can often just treat it. There may have been in a previous older home a roof leak. Once the mold begins, you have to get it treated right away. Yeah. This is Home Matters, Car Radio 97, 3FM, Seattle News and Seattle Talk. All right, we're back. This is Pete with Home Matters Car Radio 97.3 FM Seattle's News and Seattle's Talk. We're having a great discussion. If you just joined us, make sure we have um, boy oh boy, been on 14 years. We have a whole plethora of different shows, but you can find this show with Sean Hazel. He's the founder and owner of Homebridge Inspections at marnorthwest.com forward slash home matters. It's up there in podcasts and perpetuity. It's a lot of good education. So if you're coming in late on this, either listen, if it's Saturday, listen on Sunday, or go up there and you can uh, listen to the show up there on that link. 
I want to give you Sean's number again. Um, I'll give you their website at the end, but guys, you know my thing about websites. I am a tech guy, but on something like this with, with home inspections, you heard the guy on the radio, you got his direct cell phone number. He wants to hear from you. And I think, I mean, the guy's really educated on, on, he knows his business. Plus, Seems like a really nice guy. I'd, I'd call him up. His number is uh, 253-250-3307. That's 253-250-3307. And just give him a call. Tell him uh, you heard him on uh, Home Matters. And uh, he'll get you set up. Whether you're going to do preventative, which I agree you should do, or remember trigger warranty, 11 months. Get him out there, him or Brian. Big shout out to Brian, uh, his employee. Um They'll come out and take a look at your home prior to that uh, warranty expiring. Or if you're doing your buyer or a seller, they can take care of you on either side with those home inspections he's been discussing here on the air. Okay, so, Sean, going back to we ended the last segment, and I know we ran out of time. But I always say, you know, people have heard me say this over the years. Jesus, in the greater Puget Sound area, if you stand still too long a time, you're going to grow algae or mold on you, your back. So, uh, I want to go back to the mold thing because that is kind of a big deal. Uh, so could you speak to what you do uh, and is mold a common issue and how do you guys deal with that and where do you typically find it? So generally, you know, to your point, mold, it, it is a big, big concern, especially in our region. Um, generally, I find it in the attics. Even from new construction after two, three years, right. uh, down to a 1930s house, uh, the mold accumulation begins. There's so many different standards on ventilation and how important it is to have airflow going through the attic. Right. When we come across mold, often, uh, especially first-time home buyers, uh, they hear the word mold, and it's easy to get scared. Yeah. Mold is a common thing. Well, let me say it's not uncommon. And by that, I mean that, you know, I'll come into a house that's 2010. I'm in their attic and I see mold accumulation. And then but you have to take that step further. Where is potentially the the source? And I can't tell you how often I find a bathroom vent that has become disconnected. And that shower steam has been blowing in there for the past five years. Yeah. They're venting uh, right a, into the attic. Right. And yep. it's an, it's an easily, it's an easy correction. Yeah. Uh, so I don't f- frighten people by mold. It's just yeah. by saying, Hey, there's accumulation beginning. Now there have been houses as you can imagine that I've been in where I go, Whoa, Hey, we got a significant concern here yeah. because it's been going on for 10, 15, 20 years and nobody knew that it was developing. When you get now, mold is a mold, or I'm sorry, forgive me, mold is a wood inhabitant. It's not a wood destroying organism. However, you know, 15, 20 years go by and you can start finding that your roof planking, uh, which is the sheathing material, that can begin to deteriorate. Yeah. And long term can find its way into the home, especially if you have any kind of disconnected. Uh, exhaust venting from the home, your kitchen, your bathroom, laundry room, a lot of different things. You don't want to be breathing that material, obviously. Yeah. When we find mold initially, we have to take that uh, grounded approach. 
you know, at what level is this? Is this, you know, at a major problem here or is this, hey, this can be treated right away, you know, get get the proper contractor in here to assess, evaluate, look at the ventilation, how many square feet of ventilation do they have, get that pro in there that can say, hey, here's how we can treat it. And they want to determine the source. Right. And you, I, I'm assuming because... You don't do mold testing yourself, correct? Is that is that correct? We don't test the mold, no. Okay. But we you, you you know, have... clearly trained in the, the evaluation. You know, we can find it and say the presence is here. You want to get the pro. And those are those guys that that's all their whole world is. And, right. and if I can say, there's some... Interesting individuals where their whole world is mold, <laughs> mold, and I can tell you, it's pretty fun encountering these individuals where they've made it a business to inspect mold. They're, they're some of the coolest guys on the planet. Yeah, they geek out on it. Well, and I want that's to say, right. Yeah, just just so you know, they can do both the testing, the abatement, and then they'll make recommendations on ventilation. Because just so you understand, not all black mold is is lethal. It's not not all of it's dangerous. That's right. And there's a whole there's thousands of different types of mold. We used to go do mold testing. I had a division that did that in my company. And we did the petri dishes and boy oh boy, we grew all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> it's only when it starts talking to you do you gotta run away. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, other than that, it's innocuous um, most of the time, and you can abate it and take care of it. Um, and I'm sure you and Brian, you guys are using, you're wearing respirators when you go up into the attics, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah. So and and you made a great point there. You know, again, we hear the word mold, and it's so often to be frightened by that. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, it's so common in our, in, in our you know, environment because of the moisture. Yeah. And so when no, we maybe. see it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's cause for immediate concern as far as emergency level. Now, you want to stop it. That's the key. You don't want it to continue to accumulate because even if there's ventilation problems and let's say, for example, let's say there was a roof leak 20 years ago and now they just installed in the past year a brand new roof, roofing materials, but they didn't solve the problem of the mold. Now, that can, can that will continue to accumulate. Right. So, so really, your job is to get root to root cause. My job is to identify yeah. and to make you aware of it and for you to find the appropriate contractor. And we've got a lot of great yeah. resources in our region that will come in, identify and treat. And they will also tell you, hey, here's how to prevent it in moving forward in the future. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that discussion. That is a very common thing. And I did want to spend some time. Now, the other one before we run out of time, because this is a major expense. If something goes wrong, whether run out of warranty or buyer seller, uh, and that is the HVAC systems in the home. (laughs) But I got to ask you this question because you're a home inspector. I'm a mechanical engineer. So and I don't mean this to be impolite, but how are you qualified to inspect gas furnaces, heat pumps and AC units? Well, our training is pretty strict about that specifically. You know, we're looking at the type of venting, the type of materials. You can see older systems, which are oil furnaces, which still exist to this day. Yeah, a lot of them still area. Yeah, that's right. But doesn't necessarily mean it's a hazard. Everybody's got different levels of environmental issues. You know, there's there's so many today upgrading our systems to more environmentally friendly, efficiency many things to consider when we look at a furnace. We do our tests for, we're looking for gas leaks, 
carbon monoxide leaks. We go to our ducts and registers, check to if there's any, are, have they been cleaned in a while? Okay. Uh, one of the biggest things is that an older system, 20 plus years, there may be in the heat exchanger rust and, and uh, corrosion going on, which may lead to leaks of the carbon monoxide fumes into the home. Right. These are the types of type terms or these are the types of tests that we do. And we often look at the furnace. We right away determine, are there any leaks or significant rust accumulation at the heat exchanger? Got it. If, if it's not present, you know, we, we look at many different things. Are, are, has there been uh, any recent service provided, maintenance, many different things? But if that rust is present in the heat exchanger, we immediately go to a carbon monoxide detection test. Yeah. If there's no test there, however, we still always, whenever we see rust or pitting going on in the heat exchanger, we immediately refer you to the appropriate contractor saying, hey, you want to get this tested? Yeah. Well, Sean, I'll tell you what, we, we could go into a whole bunch of other stuff, and I want you to come back on the show. We could talk about asbestos. We could talk about radon. We could talk about how to check for roofing and leaks. We were going to get into efflorescence and foundation. Guys, here's the thing. All these things that I brought up was all of the education that you just got this last hour from Sean Hazel. Your best solution, if you really want to get that taken care of and put yourself at peace of mind, is give him a call. 253-250-3307. This is Home Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM, Seattle's News. And Seattle's Talk. 